Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the For, for the Joy of Garden by Estbrooks. I'm Tom Estbrook, your host. Another unbelievable Saturday morning. Just great out there. 60 degrees when I woke up. Oh, just heaven after all this heat and humidity. Man, was yesterday just an amazing gardening day. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, perfect day. Low humidities in the 70s, low 80s. And gosh, were people out in the garden center. They were having a blast. Luckily, I was off. So I did some work in the in the yard and, and enjoyed myself with my wife. We went out and had a great time yesterday. Uh, if you have a question, give us a call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We are streaming live at WLOB Radio. Dot com. You can pick up our podcast at estabrooksonline.com. And man, what an amazing week. Getting here, middle of July, and what does that mean? Well, if you're from Yarmouth, it means the Yarmouth Clam Festival. Unbelievable time uh, for our little town here in Yarmouth, Maine. And the Clam Festival is something that is kind of just a great thing for our town. It's all about community. It's all about fundraising for our local boosters groups and, and high school and, and all the civic groups in town. Uh, so if you get a chance to come out, you know, it is going on the 19th through the 21st. Uh, everything will be kind of going on. Uh, certainly he- don't hesitate to go to their Facebook page. A lot of information on there. But, boy, I always enjoy Clam Festival. It's always a time where a lot of my friends and family are in town. We always have a good time, get together. So looking forward to that coming up next weekend. In town, you can see right now the Friolators. They just took them out of the trailer. And you can already smell the grease. <laughs> so, you know, it's great time. Uh, come on out. But I wanted to make sure if you're coming to Yarmouth, why not stop by the Yarmouth Garden Center? Okay, if you've never been to our Yarmouth Garden Center, it's on East Main Street. It's not on Main Street where all the festivities. You would think, you would think that East Main Street would attach to Main Street. It does not. We're very easy to find. You can visit our web- website, estabrooksonline.com. There's great directions there. It's very easy. Uh, you know, come by. We've got some amazing deals going on right now. Buy one, get one free perennials. It doesn't get better than that, folks. We grew some amazing perennials this year and for a big promotion this time of year, and we just kicked it off on this past Thursday. Hope you got our email, our e-news, because uh, that's where you get that information. And uh, just an amazing special that's going on right now. But the Friolators are out. The big tents will be going up. It's a great time in in the town of Yarmouth, so uh, stop by, check it out. And the other thing I wanted to kind of mention was next week we have a time change. I'm sick and tired of being lonely here at 6 to 7 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so we're changing the show hours. It's going to be from 7 to 9 starting on July 20th. Okay, so, you know, we're trying to get it a little bit later. Maybe you'll have your first cup of coffee in you. Maybe you'll be out in the garden enjoying yourself. You can turn it on while you're listening. You know, you can put it out there in the garden while you're working on those nice, cool mornings. Uh, absolutely amazing. We're very happy for the support of the radio station to change that time to 7 to 9. So we appreciate that. And uh, look look for it at 7 to 9 starting on the 20th. And I wanted to give a little bit of update here. 
we do have a contest winner. I'm going to announce that a little bit later in the show. So uh, we've got the $100 gift certificate winner that we had over the past few weeks for all those folks that were generous and called in. But I want to give a, a update on the veggie garden. <clears throat> it's been an amazing week in the vegetable garden. Things have just exploded with growth. Now, we've talked a lot over the number of weeks we've done the show now about how soil temperature relates to how your plants grow. And planting your vegetable garden too early never really gets you anywhere. Okay, everybody in April is always in a rush to get their tomatoes planted. You know, it's oh, I got to get them in. I, you know, they're going to be big. They're going to be early. Well, I planted mine like Fourth of July weekend, was it? That's pretty late. Even for, you know, even for me, that's really late. But here's the update: I have peppers on my plants already. Okay, now when I planted them, they were in full bloom. There were some peppers starting to show, but now that I've put them in, all of a sudden they've tripled in size. And I haven't put any fertilizer, folks, on anything yet. Not a bit, okay? The cabbage have doubled in size in a week. The broccoli and cauliflower have doubled in size in a week. And my spinach, my lettuce, my beans, and my cucumbers are all up from seed and about an inch and a half tall. Okay, so soil temperature really, you know, if you're always struggling with your vegetable garden, wait a little bit longer to plant. Now, we've had great overcast, rainy, humid weather for seeds to germinate, so it's been great. But we've also been watering, and I'm going to go ahead and do my first fertilization probably towards the end of the week. And all I'm going to do is take some garden tone and I'm going to lightly side dress the rows. Not very heavy, just enough to keep them nice and green, push a little bit more growth, but I don't want a whole bunch of foliage. So we're going to go ahead and get a little bit of fertilizer on those, and we're going to see them jump again. So, you know, that's what's going on in my vegetable garden. Now, the one thing I did see, and I've been inspecting for insects and whatnot about every day, every other day, I really take kind of a close look. And I have seen cabbage moth starting to fly around. That little white moth that you see around your broccoli, your cauliflower, your cabbage, all your cold crops, I've started to see that kind of flying around. Okay, it's that little white moth, and it's laying eggs for the little caterpillar that's going to chew the heck out of your leaves. So we need to think about spraying with some BT or caterpillar killer or thuricide it's also called um you know just a light spray you know about once a week on that will protect all of those plants from getting that little cabbage moth and you know uh we were doing a spot with cindy williams uh, a few days ago and jackie ward had sent cindy a picture of her broccoli and it was classic signs of cabbage moth. Okay, the little caterpillar, you know, and you could see the excrement on the on the uh, the leaves, the little black poo, you know. And those are all signs that you've got a little cabbage worm working there. So get that BT down. If you have seven or eight or uh, a pyrethrins, those will all work also. Um, there's also an organic product called Dead Man's Jack. I know it sounds really weird, right? Captain Jack's dead man's something like that. 
it's a great, great product. It is crushed up bugs. I know it sounds really awful, doesn't it? But it works, and it's organic. So, you know, check that out also. So the vegetable garden is going crazy. It's really growing nicely. Uh, I also uh, took a nice little walk yesterday in our 18 acres that we own there in Yarmouth, and I was walking through the back 40 with a forester looking at our woodlot, and I'm walking kind of along, and bam, up jumps a fawn. I almost stepped on this lovely little thing, and, uh, you know, it reminded me that, you know, everything is new beginnings right now. And we've had these this wonderful uh, doe and her two little fawns we've been seeing for a number of weeks now. And uh, mom was nowhere to be found. Mom was off probably feeding, and she had put the fawns to bed. And here I am bombing out through there at 10 o'clock in the morning, and that poor little thing was nestled right in the ferns and just exploded out of there. So if you uh, if you're out in the woods... Watch out for the fawns. They'll attack. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that the fawns are out. They are in full swing. We uh, have had excellent response. Channel 6 did a uh, spot on their Facebook page for us uh, to ask calling all gardeners for questions. And uh, what a response. Hundreds of questions came in. Uh, we're going to be covering a bunch of those on the radio show and we're also going to be covering a bunch of them on the tv spots we're doing we taped four spots the other day uh, they're going to start running two a week now uh, for a few weeks so that we can kind of get some of those answers out and uh, if you have a question don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255 um, we're going to have john snell from Jaden landscaping he's going to be on later in this hour into the seven o'clock hour we're going to be talking with John about uh, the do's and don'ts of when you're hiring a contractor. What, the, what are the questions you need to ask? John does a lot of hardscaping. He does a lot of patios. He does a lot of planting. He does a lot of walkways. What are those things that customers need to know? What do you need to know for your base, you know, uh, underneath your walkway? You know, what are the questions you need to make sure and ask, you know, do they have insurance? Do they have the qualifications? Ask for preference. So we're going to talk to a little bit about John, about his business, um, and also what to ask your contractor when you're getting a quote. So that's coming up, and we're also going to announce the winner of the $100 gift certificate. I'm kind of excited about the winner, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's going to be kind of fun for me. So um, <laughs> so let's let's take a question here off of the Facebook page at uh, Channel 6. Uh, this is from Karen, and this is, a, this is a classic one we hear all the time. Teach me how not to kill every plant I own. Karen, that's a tough one. But what I will say is more often than not, there are two ways that we kill plants. We either neglect them or we kill them with kindness. So middle of the road is always, if you really feel like you have a black thumb, work with an independent garden center, okay? Come in and talk to us. More often than not, just explain to us what you do to your plants, okay? Or don't do. We can kind of tell you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. A lot of times... It's really you're killing them with kindness. You're overwatering them. You might be over-fertilizing them. You may be doing just too much to them when in actuality you may need to just water. 
okay? That may be the simple thing. So, Karen, hopefully that helps. And then we've got Tanya. How do I get rid of those Japanese beetles? Well, we've covered this many, many times, you know, and we'll continue to cover this over the following weeks. But one thing, next week we've got Jim Dill uh, from Main Cooperative Extension. He's going to be on the show. So listen to next week. He's going to have some excellent tips. He is the pest specialist for Cooperative Extension, and he has some excellent tips about what to do for Japanese beetle and a whole host of other other uh, insects and diseases out there and what he's seeing. Uh, you know, when we talked to him, he was in Aroostook County looking at potatoes. And just the other day, he was in southern Maine looking at tomatoes. So he covers the whole state. He sees a lot of things firsthand. And uh, we're hoping to have him on pretty consistently from this time forward. He's agreed to uh, help us out and be on a little bit uh, more often. And we've got another question uh, that comes from Angela. What would your expert recommend for homemade organic pest deterrents, specifically for beetles, slugs, and deer? It's very, very hard, Angela, to mix up something consistent and it work all the time at home. So my suggestion really is to look at the organic products which you can purchase. A lot of the things that you can mix up, if you don't get just right, they could burn. Many of them are going to be oil-based. But look at look at the products which look at the products which are organic. Start with diatomaceous earth. That's a great, great, great product. Look at serenade. Look at copper sulfate. Um, look at some of the oils and uh, you know whatnot. So plenty of things that uh, will work, but. Mixing up your own stuff at home, I don't recommend. Now, there are many things on the Internet. There are many recipes and whatnot. For deer deterrent, I like many different ones that we sell. We have a shake-away product that works quite well. We have a castor oil product that works quite well for deterring some of your small moles and bulls. And then, you know, we have a product called Liquid Fence for deer, and it does work quite well. The other thing is, if you're looking for a fertilizer, you may look at malorganite, okay? It is a um, a fertilizer that is more, how do I want to say this, biosolids-based. And the smell of that fertilizer tends to keep deer away, though if we fertilize too much, the new lush growth is very attractive to deer. You can use soaps to hang if you want. But it only lasts so long. Once they get used to the smell of the soap, that's it. It's over. You can use human hair. Go to your local barber and pick up some of that. Once it's wet a few times, it's kind of not really working for deer anymore. Human scent or a scent of like coyotes, you know, but I particularly don't like to spread coyote urine around my yard. It just kind of, it, it smells when you first do it. And then also, you know, it wards off a lot of the other animals that might come into your yard also, you know, fox and, and other small animals. So it's all up to you. We have Patrick on the line. Patrick, how are you this morning? I'm uh, good, thanks. Can you tell? I'm I great. have a completely different question than uh, here. Okay. But 
Uh, I live right on the coast, and I am interested in a salt, like a tidal zone. I'm interested in a saltwater tolerant shrub. Okay, okay. Tough, tough conditions, okay? There's a few natives that I would kind of, you know, push you towards. Um, Bayberry would be a great one. Uh, You see it all along the coast. Uh, Rosa Ragosa, though, you know, is it is it an area that gets flooded really heavily quite often? No, it's no, it the water comes up, but it doesn't go over the top of the land. So okay, so you might get a little salt spray, little spa, little salt spray periodically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Rosa Ragosa would work very well. You may also look at some of the dune grass. You know, there are many native stands. We don't sell dune grass, but, um, you know, dune grass is one if you have a real sandy spot, you know, more beachy. If if it's more rocky, you know, then look at maybe the Rosa Ragosa, look at uh, bayberry. You may also look at a plant called Stephanandra. Okay, and the reason I like that plant is every place that the root that the branches hit, it roots in. So it will give you some bank stabilization. Also, not a showy plant, not something that's going to be very, very, you know, prolific in flowers or anything like that. But if you need kind of bank retention, that's a good one. Needs good okay, moisture. It's called Stephanandra. Um, it's a great little plant, low spreading, uh, easily pruned back, and it kind of spreads very nicely. Um, needs good moisture to get established. After that, it's quite resistant to drought, uh, though during July and August you probably are going to want to water it. Okay. All right. I'm just writing that down. Thank you very much. Bob. All right. Thanks, Patrick. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May. 
but how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals and perennials at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. With new varieties still arriving, you're guaranteed to find great-looking plants without weeding through spring leftovers. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Whether you're visiting for the summer or enjoying a vacation at home, the last thing you want to do is waste precious time, especially in the garden. Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk makes decorating your home with beautiful plants quick and easy. They've got a great selection and great people here. I can always find what I need. It's just a wonderful place to shop. It's right down the road for me, too, so that makes it convenient. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. On this unbelievable Saturday morning, we had a beautiful Friday. Looks like a great Saturday and Sunday. The weather pattern has changed. The humidity has kind of gone out a bit. Looks like we're going to heat up a little bit this weekend. But overall, a great gardening weekend. So hopefully your plants are recovering a little bit and uh, pushing out some new growth and some new blossoms. I know things at the Garden Center have really changed a lot in the last few days. But uh, we're we're answering questions from uh, Channel 6's Facebook page this morning. And there's a couple here from Susan and Jennifer. Oh, Susan and Rebecca, sorry. How do I kill my bamboo? It grows rampant in my backyard. It's over six feet tall and almost impossible to get through. What do I do? This is a common problem. Bamboo, very invasive, uh, kind of a pain. It grows back every year and just keeps coming and coming and coming. You know, and Rebecca, you know, her question is same thing. Get, how do I get rid of bamboo? I've dug up. I've, I've sprayed the roots with weed killer, but it keeps returning. What do I do next? Okay. So here's the thing about bamboo. It is aggressive. And if you're not using the right product to kill it, it will keep coming back. It'll just smile at you when you spray it. And just and the reason being is that bamboo has a very waxy leaf. So it's very tough for an herbicide to penetrate that waxy leaf. And so what happens is the the chemical almost just rolls off, okay? So here's what I tell a lot of people. When they come into the garden center, I usually ask, have you cut off the bamboo? If you have and cleaned up the area, discarded all of that, or burn it in a, in a, in a brush pile, whatnot, but get rid of all of that extra growth. It's good to do any time of year, okay? Spring, fall, summer, doesn't matter. Cut it down to the ground. Get rid of all that extra growth. It's very tough to spray bamboo when it's six feet tall. Okay? So the one thing I would recommend is cutting all of that bamboo off, making sure that you clean the area of all that debris, the old debris, the new debris, all of that. Okay? What that's going to do is that's going to promote the bamboo to sprout again. Okay? When that happens... That's when we need to attack. When the leaf is at its infantile stage, that's the best time to spray bamboo, okay? It is at its most vulnerable stage. It has the least waxy surface, and we need to use a brush killer, okay? We can't use 
We can't use just a regular old Roundup. You want to use like the Poison Ivy Control or you want to use a Bonide Brush Killer or something like that because that product will penetrate the leaf. Okay, so if you're using just a broad base Roundup or, uh, you know, Weed Away or one of those products, it's not going to work effectively. Now, a lot of people will have bamboo and it's mixed in their gardens also. And if that's the case, you can't spray because you'll kill all the plants that are in that area. So if you have other larger trees or other things that you want to protect, you can cut all of that extra growth out get rid of it, and then as those little shoots come up, just mix up a little paint can and take a paintbrush. And instead of spraying, just dab a little bit on the tips as they come up. Now, all of these things work, but you need to be diligent. It is a noxious weed, so what ends up happening is you have to go back every week or every other week and do it again. Because what will happen is you will kill part of the mother plant, but another sprout will sprout up, and another sprout will sprout up. So doing it over two or three or four weeks or, or maybe six or eight weeks and just dabbing a little bit on there, dabbing a little bit on there, you will kill the root system time and time and time again. And that you, persistency is the only way to get rid of bamboo, okay? They're really, every time you cut it, you make it, it basically sprout up someplace else. So by you cutting it off, you're going to create other new shoots. So be diligent, be aggressive, stay after it. If it's an open area and you can spray that area, monitor, you know, the after the first week, after the second week to see if any other pieces are sprouting up. If they do, spray them again as soon as you see them and that will eradicate the bamboo. Be diligent, be aggressive and stay on top of it. That's the key to killing bamboo. So thanks for the question. That is a great one. It's one that we get year in and year out all through the season, and it's really just a very, very tough, tough thing. Now, a lot of questions also on here, and I'm not going to answer this question today. We've covered it in the past, and Jim Dill next week is going to answer this question. Uh, This one is about lily leaf beetle and how to get rid of it and what to do, and Jim has some excellent, excellent tips on what to do for lily leaf beetles. So, you know, next week, tune into the show, and you'll be able to get that answer on lily leaf beetle. I'm going to tease you a little bit about next week's show along the way, because I think we've got great content for next week's show. This week, a little week, I mean. (laughs) It's just me. Uh, And we've got another question here. Any ideas on making a white lilac bloom Mine is over four years old and has never bloomed. Okay, so this is from Peggy and Penny, sorry. Penny, lilacs, there's usually a couple things with lilacs, and we've gone over this in the past. Two common things. Number one, pruning too late. If you're pruning at this point or later, you're probably taking off some flower buds. And secondly, if the pH in your soil is not correct, they won't bud up. And we're getting late for you to change the pH for next year's blossom already. So if you have moss around the base of your of your uh, lilac or you feed with holly tone, which has an acidifier, 
which we find periodically people are, you know, maybe you got rhododendrons next to it and you put a little holly tone around it or, you know, or it's just an acidic spot. You know, if you see moss, that's a prime sign that your pH is too low. We need to put a bunch of lime on that and it might be five or 10 pounds of lime that we need to put on it. Uh, where it's four years old, I'm sure it's growing nicely. I'm sure things are looking really good, but we need to change the, probably the pH. Um, doesn't matter how much we feed doesn't matter what we do. As long as we don't prune too late and we change the pH, you're going to see a huge difference in your lilac and a whole bunch of blooms. So, Penny, I hope that helps. Uh, you know, it's it's a common problem here in Maine. Our soils are acidic and, you know, never hurts. Even if you want, folks, you can put a little lime. If you're out liming the lawn, don't hesitate to put a little bit around the lilacs. Uh, never hurts. And then we've got... Uh, We've got a couple other questions here. We've got Donna. For the second year in a row, my beets have failed, not even sprouting. I bought a great deal of quality seeds and nothing. My neighbor's having the same problem. Everything else is thriving. What am I doing wrong? Donna, I'm not quite sure on that one. That, you know, you've got quality seed. You and your neighbor are both having problems. Are you using, my question would be, are you using the same seed first off? Because it doesn't seem right to me that you're not getting any sprouting. Now, here's the thing. With beets, they don't like to be planted too deep. They like to be quite shallow when you first plant them. Then, after they sprout, you can kind of hill up the soil around the beets as they grow and mature. But if you plant them too low you may be impeding germination or getting very poor germination. The other thing is we had a tremendous amount of rain. Are you planting them too early? Beets can be put in the ground quite early, but if it's really a wet, wet soil that you have, that could also be the problem. Or maybe you're having a problem with cutworms. Beets can have a problem with cutworms, and if you have a population of cutworms in your garden... That may be eating them off as soon as they're sprouting, but it sounds to me like you're not getting any sprouting. So check the seed source. Check your water situation. Uh, if it's not a well-drained situation, you might mound up you know, a hill and then plant them on the hill so that you get better drainage and make sure you're not planting your seed too deep. So I hope that all helped. I hope that all helps. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutra Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutrimulch is nutrient stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May. 
but how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals and perennials at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. With new varieties still arriving, you're guaranteed to find great-looking plants without weeding through spring leftovers. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Whether you're visiting for the summer or enjoying a vacation at home, the last thing you want to do is waste precious time, especially in the garden. Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk makes decorating your home with beautiful plants quick and easy. They've got a great selection and great people here. I can always find what I need. It's just a wonderful place to shop. It's right down the road for me, too, so that makes it convenient. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We are going to have John Snell from Jaden Landscape joining us here a little bit later in the show. And we're going to be talking about all the do's and don'ts of hiring a contractor, what you should ask, uh, things you need to know about putting in a patio or a walkway, what type of base, and, and all of those fun things. And uh, we've got a winner of our $100 gift certificate. And this person, when, I, when we pulled out the name, I was like, wow, that's great. This person really deserves it. He's been a great supporter of the show. And uh, it's Alan from Gorham. Alan was one of our first uh, callers. Alan, I'm sorry, but I don't have your last name. If you're listening, give us a call. Uh, I know you're probably listening. You've been very good at following us. Uh, but you have won our $100 gift certificate. And the best part about it is if you like perennials, you can double your money because it's buy one, get one free right now. So it's worth $200 to you if you want to buy some perennials. So, uh, Alan, congratulations. We want to thank everybody for calling in. It really, really helps when people call. Uh, you know, we get all kinds of questions online, which is great. But we are moving the time of our show from 6 to 8 a.m. to 7 to 9, starting on the 20th. And uh, we're doing that because we've gotten some feedback that, hey, man, it's early. You know, I wish you were a little bit later. I wish, I wish, I love listening. I love listening to the podcast, but it's just a little early. It's not really in my routine. So we listen. We're making some changes. Hopefully uh, we'll get a few more callers. If you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Congratulations, Alan. We'll be contacting you, uh, figuring out where we can send that gift card or where you want to pick it up in one of the stores. And uh, again, congratulations. I uh, couldn't go to a better person and one that has supported the show all the way along. Um, so we've got a whole bunch of questions still here, and this one is from Chip. Why are my pepper plants of all varieties every year so small? Even though I rotate the crops in every year in the garden, I talk to my peppers, I plant them close so they don't touch each other, I... Just help me, please. I need to get my peppers. Chip sounds like you're passionate about peppers. I like that. Uh, peppers are something that they love heat and they love fertilizer. 
okay? So it's one of those plants that they love heat, they love water, and they love fertilizer. So if you if your garden's in part shade, you may be struggling a little bit with peppers, and you also may have some fungal issues. So I would recommend you use some general fungicide on peppers, you know, like a copper sulfate periodically. That will help with them blighting off in the blossom stage. You may be having a problem there. Number two, buy the biggest plants you can possibly afford. One really good pepper plant will produce a lot better than six terrible ones. If you're starting your own peppers, start them really early, transplant them into a bigger pot, grow them on really warm and happy on the deck before you plant them out. Plant them later on rather than planting them early. Okay, I'd rather see you keep them warm at night and bring them inside in spring and then plant them out, say, mid-June or later, okay? It's important that we go ahead and give the soil temperatures time. If you have an opportunity to use black plastic for your peppers, put the black plastic in your garden in April and let it sit for a month all the way into late May, early June. Let that soil really warm up. Let it bake in the sun let it get that soil temperature up. Soil temperature is huge on peppers. Secondly, water. Try not to let your peppers wilt. It really is important that you keep good moisture on them. That way the fruit will continue to grow and make sure that your size will will be up there. If you have really sandy soil, you may need to add extra water and fertilizer. Use a liquid fertilizer periodically on your peppers. It's really good to use, you know, Neptune's Harvest is a great one. Saltwater Farms make a, makes a great fertilizer also. That's going to make a huge, huge difference. Make sure and give enough space for your peppers too. They will get big. If you're getting too much foliage and no flowers, maybe your fertility is too high. But more often than not with peppers... They really, really like a nice, rich soil. They like a lot of water feed. And again, let's take and do a soil sample this fall when you put your garden to bed. Let's see if your pH is off also would be the other thing. You know, I assume everything else in your garden is thriving by what you've said. So I'm wondering if pH is really the problem. But Chip, I hope that helps. Pump up the feed. We've had some really good, good weather. Um, you know, we've we've had some hot and humid weather, which peppers love. But a little copper sulfate, a little extra feed, a little extra water, I think you probably will start to see those peppers size up. So, Chip, I hope that helps. It's definitely, you know, um, pepper time. They are growing like crazy, like I said at the beginning of the show, in, in my uh, garden. They really, really, really have started to size up. So big change in a week. So I've got a question here for Shauna. Uh, We're having problems with cucumber beetles on our squash plants. The complicated part is that it's an aquaponic, aquaponic garden. Using a fish tank and fertilizer so we have no way of using a pesticide because it would kill the fish. So you have them in with the fish. That is a tough scenario. Sean, I think the situation you have is you've got to be diligent and you've got to pick them off. You've just got to pick, 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 pick. With that saying, 
Look for the egg casings underneath the leaves. You need to squish those. They're typically either white or orange. You know, get under there and just squish those egg casings. That will get the next round and kill them. Uh, other than that, you probably just have to pick, 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 okay, and be diligent about it. Look in the mornings and in the evenings when they're less active and just be aggressive in doing that. You may try some diatomaceous earth, which wouldn't bother, you know, the fish. Um, just lightly mist the plant and lightly dust those flowers and see if that will help. The only trouble with that is it's going to impede it's going to impede the bees from getting in there. So what you want to do is make sure they're pollinated first. So if you need to, you could kind of become the bee. Take a little paintbrush, you know, a little artist brush, and just go from flower to flower to flower and pollinate your own, your own plants, okay? Go from flower to flower, and that will take the pollen, and it will do its thing, and that will set fruit. And then maybe dust, dust those flowers with a little diatomaceous earth. That might help. If you can, cover over the top, of the, you know, underneath the plants with maybe a little saran wrap so that you can get the majority of the diatomaceous earth and not let it go into the water. You might give that a shot. You know, we want to be cautious of hurting the fish, obviously. The other situation you might do is if you need to clean the tank, pop the plant out, change the water, do all your cleaning, get the fish out of there, do the diatomaceous earth or any type of spray, and then put the whole kit back together. So you could take the plant out, put it in another water bowl, keep it hydrated, do your spray, clean the bowl, make the fish happy, all of that. Once the insecticide is dry, you can move that plant back into that other bowl, and that might be another way. Cucumber beetle is very aggressive. They're very resilient at coming back. So I think in the end, pick, 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 pick. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So all kinds of great, great questions. We're going to be answering these also on Channel 6 News, uh, usually on Fridays, but it looks like we might have a couple segments a week here because you guys did a great job of asking a whole bunch of questions. They were really happy with the response, and so am I. And if you have a question... Don't hesitate to give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We are streaming live here at News Talk WLOB and uh, on their website at WLOBradio.com. And you can pick up our podcast at EsterBrooksOnline.com. And I got a really nice message uh, last night, actually, uh, from a wonderful customer in California and uh, I'm just going to pull it up here and read it here. This is from Mel, and he's from Downey, California. I uh, just want to say hi, Mel, and appreciate the uh, message. And his, uh, his message was, no question, just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy listening to the podcast. I'm new to gardening, and I'm learning a bunch. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's nice to hear that people are listening out there. And, uh, you know, if you have feedback on, on good or bad on the show, you know, don't hesitate to post that on our website, you know, at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. It's good to hear feedback. And one bit of feedback I've been asking, asking for over the last few weeks has been, are you seeing any downy mildew? on your impatience. I still haven't had anyone email me, send me a picture, you know, and I've been asking customers in the yard too. 
I'm feeling like maybe I blew the whistle too early. But I was talking with Lois Stack, and Lois Stack uh, from Cooperative Extension, who was on early in the season and, and talked about Downey Mildew. I was talking to her this week, and we will be having her back on. She is starting to poll people. Like when in our conversation, she's like, it's early. It's early for Downey Mildew. I think we've had the perfect conditions, and I'm wondering if it's going to start to show up. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden we start to see downy mildew show up. So, you know, if you have problems with your impatience, don't hesitate to give us a call. 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have Brian on the line. Brian, good morning. Tom, good morning. Good morning. My question to you is um, I have a crab apple in the corner of my yard. Mm-hmm. And it has, in, in the trunk, it has a series of holes and sort of a horizontal pattern yes. uh, running up the, the trunk of the tree. And I'm just wondering uh, if that means the tree is probably gone, something's boring at it, or uh, if there's something to treat it with. Yeah, you have you have borer. A lot of times it can be peach borer, you know, it attacks crab apples and others, but it's a type of borer. Which one, we're not quite sure. Um, is it gone? How is the tree looking? Is it still thriving? The leaves on the tree look fine. Okay, okay. This is quite common, you know, with a lot of apples, crab apples, peaches, plums. Uh, many, many trees can have borer problems and live for a very long time. Uh, so this is a crab apple. I assume you don't eat the fruit. No, that's correct. Okay. So borer is very tough. So there's a few things that I would recommend. If you see holes that are active, meaning you're seeing sawdust actually coming out of them, you may right, take, I don't see that. Okay. You may, if you do see that, what I would recommend is you take a paper clip or something, you know, quite sharp, and you can kind of shove it up in there. You may actually get the borer. It could be very close. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what I recommend is we're going to use a systemic, and we're going to drench the tree with some systemic, like a tree and shrub systemic. Uh, Bonine makes a great one. And what we water that plant in and then it is taken up through the xylem and the phloem in the trunk and it that is where the insect is feeding and what the insect is doing in there is it's taking away the moisture to the top so it sounds where you haven't had any problems with the top growth yet that we've caught this early enough even though maybe there's like five or six or seven holes mm-hmm. a, a lot there's of times a time, couple rows of holes actually absolutely and how old is the tree I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, you know, a lot of times we we see that, you know, in old orchards, it's very common. Uh, The biggest thing is stress relief. So in July and August, water the plant. And Mm -hmm. let's get some systemic on it, okay? Okay. Now is the time when borer will continue to attack. Uh, I would recommend the bonite tree and shrub systemic. Uh, Works very well. And, you know, make a nice moat around the plant. About as okay. wide as we want to put that on out as, uh, about where the canopy is out probably so not right by the stem. We want to put it out where the branching structure is, so it might be six or eight feet out. Um, okay, and that's where the feeder roots are going to be. If we put it right by the trunk, there are very few feeder roots that close to the trunk. So make a nice little kind of trough and put it in that trough. Water it in. This is the perfect weather to do it. We want to make sure. We're after heavy rains, and that we're going to have a few days of nice weather. Great, great. Okay. I'll 
I'll take care of that. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. That's a great, great question. Uh, if you have a question, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook on this unbelievable Saturday morning. Sunrise was just amazing this morning. Nice and pink and reds and all kinds of nice stuff going on there. Beautiful out there. Low humidity. Get out in your garden this morning. I mean, get out there. If you do anything, start pulling some weeds. After all this rain, gosh, I... I had to go through and weed all of my garden again. I had little, little sprouts of weeds showing up everywhere. I weeded aggressively about 10 days ago. Just unbelievable. And bam, about six days later, all these little little seedlings started to pop up. So took my trusty hoe from my grandfather and just went out there and cultivated. So get out there and cultivate. You know, that's one thing when I was talking about my vegetable garden that I did not talk about. And... You know, that, you got to get out there and cultivate right now, okay? Important in your vegetable garden that you just go ahead and really, really cultivate a bit so that you knock down all those little weeds. So my garden where I just planted it about 10 days ago now, I know I'm late. If you haven't planted your garden, you're definitely late. You had until I planted my garden to plant your garden. Now you're just darn late. 
Okay, so, but I noticed just a, just a few little weeds starting to show up this morning. I kind of grabbed my cup of coffee. The sun was rising. I walked out to the vegetable garden, and I was kind of looking at things. All my little seedlings are popping up. And just on either side, all those little seedlings, we are starting to see all those little weeds start to pop up also. So in the next couple of days, I'm going to go through and I'm going to cultivate the whole garden, okay? The best time to kill your weeds is when they're at their smallest stage. So get out there and do some extra cultivation, extra cultivation right now. If you have really tall weeds, get them before they go to seed. You know, it's really important right now that we are diligent about our weeds and get out there and do it. Okay, we're going to take a quick question here. We have, uh, let's see here, it's Cynthia, and her question is, why are we getting powdery mildew substance on our tall flocks and lupin? has everything to do with the weather conditions we have had, okay? If you don't have powdery mildew on Monarda or Bee Balm, if you don't have it on flocks yet, if you don't have it on lupin, you know, if you don't have it on your lilacs, then now is the time to maybe think about doing just a very, very simple copper sulfate spray. Do it on a preventative basis. It's an organic product. You also could use, you know, um, a bunch of other organic products, but copper sulfate's a good general one. And get a get a spray on so that you knock that powdery mildew. If you always have powdery mildew on those plants, make sure and just go ahead and do it. So, Cynthia, it's not your fault. It has everything to do with environment. If you are have a really packed garden and it's very, very thick, you may think about transplanting some of those things, giving them more space so there's good airflow. Flocks really, really need that to keep the powdery mildew off. Also, when you're purchasing flocks or new plants, ask, if, ask in the garden center, are they mildew-resistant? The volcano flocks we sell are mildew resistant. They're a shorter, more compact variety, and they really, really do a great, great job. We're going to be wrapping up the last of this hour. When we come back, we're going to have John Snell from Jaden Landscaping. He's going to talk to us about a whole bunch of things, including what you should think about and ask your contractor when you have them giving you a quote. You're listening to The Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. WLOB Portland and WLOBradio.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook on this beautiful Saturday morning. Unbelievable day out there. I hope you're going to enjoy your garden. Maybe get out there, have a little fried clams. It's Clam Festival Week coming up here in uh, Yarmouth, the 19th through the 21st. Uh, always a great time in Yarmouth. If you're going to be stopping by the Clam Festival, then you need to stop by the Garden Center in Yarmouth. Uh, great time. We've got a buy one, get one free perennial promotion going on right now. And uh, stop in. You know, it's always a little bit slower for us in the Yarmouth store because everybody's on, you know, having a good time up up in the middle of the town there. And so if you have time and you want to stop by, it's a great time to interact with my staff. Um, I won't be there. I will be taking some time off, uh, but enjoying myself 
be a lot of friends and family in town and we'll be uh you know touching base with them and having a good time it's time for us in the garden center industry to get a little bit of time off and so you know it's always always great time of year and i look forward to seeing all my friends and family and having a good time but uh wanted to say congratulations to alan from gorham Uh, he won our gift certificate and alan if you're out there uh, you can give us a call at some point here if not i will be in touch in uh, the near future and get you your your lovely hundred dollar gift card so congratulations again and if you have a question don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255 we have john snell from Jaden landscaping joining us good morning john good good um welcome thanks a lot (laughs) it's early isn't it (laughs) yeah a little bit but normal day well we're going to be changing the hours folks also uh seven to nine starting on the 20th i know it's been a little the show's been a little bit early we listen to you we're changing the time from seven to nine hopefully that gives a little more interaction and you also will be available to call in a little bit easier uh but we're here with john from john snell from Jaden, and john tell us a little bit about your your uh company well, we do pretty much anything to do with the outside of your house, from drainage to patios, walkways, new lawn work, maintenance of your lawn, your flower beds, your shrubs, plantings, uh, design, you name it, we do it. Commercial landscaping. You, yeah. you, do, you guys kind of one-stop shop. You've, you've really built a great, great business over the last how many years? Uh, it's been a while. I don't Too remember. Many. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we passed the 10-year mark or a oh, few years con- ago, so it's somewhere past there. There you go. Um, so tell us a, a little bit, um, where are you based out of? Um, we're based out of uh, the Brunswick area, but we go all over the state of Maine. Uh, we've got a big job up in the Rockland area we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. We've got jobs in Scarborough, Gorham, Cape Elizabeth, Biddeford, Saco, <laughs> Old Orchard, you name it. Yeah. It's pretty much, uh, you know, we go... Almost anywhere in the state. Has the rain really kind of hindered some of your work this year? Yeah, the, the rain's always tough. Yeah, you know, you you got to make some good conscious decisions as a contractor to do what's best for your um, your customers and your clients. And part of that may be that uh, you don't mow their lawn one week because it's too wet and you're going to cause more damage to it, or you don't prune their shrubs, mm-hmm. you know, when when you normally should or you're agreed to because. You know, we got three inches of rain the night before. Right. You know, and it always slows down any lawn work uh, as far as new installs or any hardscape projects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Mother Nature's kind of been a little bit tough on the contractors. In the garden center, it hasn't been as much of a problem because we have a lot of covered space. A lot of plants are undercover, but it's been a struggle for our whole industry to make sure that we can get all these projects in, you know. It, it, it really is. The nice thing is, is, you know, if you've got a bunch of planting projects, that is something you can do with a limited amount of rain. Right. You know, I mean, you really don't want to do a downpour. You're still dealing with fresh composted topsoil, right. mulch, the plants, all that good stuff. Right, right. So, uh, you know, the, the thing about all, all of this is, you know, I wanted to bring you on to kind of talk a little bit about what should people ask when they're getting a quote for, say, a patio or walkway? I mean, what are the common pitfalls that, you know, you can always go for the lowest price. It's easy to take the lowest quote, but what are the questions you need to ask on that price or that quote to make sure you're getting the best value and you don't have a patio or a walkway that just falls apart in five years? Well, my biggest thing is I think you need to know the material. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I like using local suppliers. You know, they they seem to have better quality. Mm -hmm. You know, not only with our garden centers that we use, 
but also our hardscape suppliers. They have a lot better quality, um, and they're going to stand behind you. So mm-hmm. it, the biggest thing is to know what you're getting. Okay. And a lot of people look and say, well, I just want a patio. We need to know size, shape. You know, and if you're getting multiple coats, you got to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. And, and a lot of times we see that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And it really benefits you to know what you're getting. So the biggest thing you want to know is what type of pavers they're using or natural stone. Mm-hmm. You know, edge restraint, mm-hmm. um, are they using palmeric sand or not? You know, a lot of guys are still using stone dust, and that's kind of a thing of the past. A lot of weeds, insects, washout, things like that, whereas the palmeric sand helps take that away. Okay. Okay, and what is that type of sand? Uh, I've never heard of that. I guess the, the the best way I can explain it is it's in a basically like a sand and epoxy mixture. Okay. Um, that um, one of the biggest supply, the two biggest names that we have in Maine is Alliance and Technoseal. Mm-hmm. So they formulate this. You apply it in the in the joints or the mm-hmm. cracks of your patio. Depends on what terminology you want to use. Sure. And um, it gets compacted down in. You reapply it, and then you actually activate it using water okay and it hardens up it, it, a lot of people refer to it as a grout it's not really a grout okay because every time it rains and it gets water it softens up again and it will kind of redistribute itself a little bit mm. so um it just helps keep the patio from moving. or walkway it, moving but looking good right you know it um you don't have the anthills coming up through it like you mm-hmm. did 15 years ago you don't have the grass or the weeds or stuff like that i mean a lot of, there's a misconception that it's going to stop moss but Moss grows on rocks. Nothing's yeah. going to stop moss. <laughs> lime. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, lime. Yeah. Um, so that is a major change in what we've kind of done over the last 10 years or so. I mean, how, how long has that product been out? Yeah, I'd say we switched to it probably eight or nine years ago. Okay. And, and it really is a big, a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds a, a good expense to the patio. You know, it's before you'd sweep stone dust or sand in and you were done with it. Right. You know, now it's it adds time on so you have labor that you know that's an expense and the sand itself is you know just from the get-go three times as expensive as sand or stone dust right right but the end product you know if you don't have to use a weed killer if you don't have to use some ant control if you don't have to you know so that's a that's a big cost also down the road you know because you do have to reapply all of those things down the road it is you know and it's it's a lot like people you know um when i grew up it you went and got your oil changed now mm-hmm. it's you get your oil changed and you want synthetic oil. Right. You know, that's better for your engine. So do you want to spend a little bit more now mm-hmm. to get something better down the road? Right. And, and I guess that's what, that's where we're at with it is we pretty much just put it in all our bids no matter what. Sure. It's not an option anymore. It hasn't been an option for us for six or seven years. Sure. Now you talked about base, okay? What is a good base under a patio or walkway? How deep should it be? You know, I mean, obviously there's many variables to every job. But that seems to be the problem I find with many, many contractors is that they don't have enough base under the patio. And then Mother Nature is not friendly to stonework in the winter here in Maine. No, it's really not. And and we have a huge freeze-thaw cycle. And people think that frost comes once in the winter and that's it. It it doesn't. We have numerous freeze-thaws, which means you have the frost go in and out, in and out, in and out. And there was one winter, I think it was two years ago, that we had 12 freeze thaws. So the frost went in and out 12 times. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of people refer to, and you'll see in quotes, that it, that it will be installed to ICPI specifications. Mm-hmm. That's the Interlocking Concrete Paver Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really 
the nonprofit that kind of governs it. It's a lot of the paver manufacturers and people have to do with pavers that have formed this many, many years ago. And it kind of came up with a general set of specs that you should do how you should install a walkway or patio. Mm-hmm. Well, the national standard for that's four inches of gravel. Okay. That doesn't work in Maine. No. <laughs> on a walkway, we put in at least 12 inches of gravel. And it depends on your sub base, too. Right. If you're on all clay, you know, whether it be marine clay, which mm-hmm. is the nasty, nasty blue clay. <laughs> the blue goo. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, in, or any type of clay, you know, you need to use some different type, some different methods mm-hmm. to make sure your walkway isn't going to be a wave pool, as we refer to it as, you know, in two years. So, you know, that's the big thing is we look and on all our quotes we put in, or all our projects, we put in at least 12 inches of gravel. Mm-hmm. If we get there and we've got nasty marine clay or blue clay or the blue goo, I mean, there's a million different names for it, yeah. some of them nicer than others, Yeah. Um, you know, we have to adjust. And whether you're putting down a geofabric mm-hmm. to keep your gravel separated from your from your clay or whatever it may be, you might have to treat it with sand first. There's, there's a whole bunch of different options that you have. Um, but really, it's you want... You know, when you're choosing a contractor, when you're looking between contractors, look to make sure what they're putting in for a base. Right. Make sure what they're putting in, you know, the the depth, the thickness, how they're compacting it. You know, that all plays a fact. Absolutely. It? You know, I always recommend when the base is being put in, you should have some sort of idea and try to be around a little bit as a customer to understand what is being put in. Now, you have a contract. You put it on your contract. A lot of A lot of people don't. They, don't, they just say, you know, putting in a base or, or whatnot, but they don't list really the materials or, or what it is. Yeah, on all our contracts, we, we tend to list every step, and more so in preparing the base than anything else, because the, um, you know, that's the most important part of it uh, to me. You know, mm-hmm. the, the stone, once you put it there, that's laying the stone is the easy part. Right. It's getting that base ready, getting it compacted right, and so on and so forth. We would actually prefer to have the homeowner around, okay, you know, and be there for the project because then if they have questions, if they have concerns, if you know, they, they really get to see it and they see what they're paying for too. Right, right. I mean, it's like anything, folks. You know, if you're planting a plant, the soil is the most important part, even over the plant. It's how it performs long term. What you put in that hole, what you do to that plant will set you up for the long term and it's no different than on any other landscape project whether it be a patio or anything else the money is in the base uh, it, it really is you know and a lot of people i use the analogy a lot of people say well i'm on all sand so it's great we can just throw the stone down <laughs> it's good draining you'll be good to go i look right at him say yeah but you have a half million dollar house you just didn't start throwing it on a bunch of sand because it has good drainage you put a foundation in right the gravel the base of your walkway your patio your retaining wall your stone wall whatever it may be is your foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, you put money and you spend money on the foundation of your house. You need to do that for your hardscaping and any of your plantings. You need that foundation in your in your plant bed. The foundation is, you know, that good composted topsoil. Right, right. Well, that is unbelievable information. That's That's kind of, you know, the keys to some of these pieces, you know. And, you know, I'm in the garden center. And we're selling you plants. We're doing all these things. I'm bringing in some folks like John so that you understand the contractor side of it also. It's it's important to understand that, 
you know, we have a lot of the information at our fingertips to guide you. We can guide you towards contractors or who we think do, do a really good job. You know, we can, we can kind of mold and understand what you have for a project and then try to fit a contractor that's going to work the best for your specific type of work. But you want to hire a quality contractor. And, John, let's face it, a quality contractor is booked out. They're not available every minute, every day. Yeah, and, that, and that's really the hard part, too, because May, April, May, when the sun starts shining, the snow goes away, people are screaming. <laughs> and they don't like to hear that, geez, you know, we can fit you in in September. You know, they don't like to hear that. You know, every year our schedule gets booked sooner and sooner. You know, we right. have people in January. It's in the middle of snowstorms. I'm getting calls for patios and retaining walls. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, let me deal, let me deal with one with one issue at a time, and usually it's that snowstorm that takes precedence. Yeah. But you know, then we we get to go meet with them and kind of see what they've got, and then and then at least get them on get a rough idea, and we we always tweak it a little bit in April. Right, right. It's it's really really important, and that was kind of the point I was going for is a good contractor. You can't wait until May fifteenth and expect a five thousand dollar project to just get fit in in a week. It's just not possible. There are many contractors out there; they're booked out months. If your contractor is always available and does a good job, that means you're a good you're a good customer. Right, exactly. And you know, a good quality contractor too. You know, if you've got a special event or something that you just need it for, and maybe it just popped up, they'll figure out some way to squeeze your in. Yep. And you know, jobs. You know, we always have jobs that get pushed out every now and then because we're waiting on another, you know, a builder to finish up their job or a pool, you know, um, subcontractor to get the pool in, and mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of rain, maybe it. You know, maybe they got pushed back or right. one of our jobs because of a whole bunch of rain got kind of shuffled back and we've got to wait a week for it to, to dry up a little right. bit. You know, there, there are times that, that that happens, too, that we could squeeze someone right in. Right, right. John, uh, John Snell from Jaden Landscaping. We're going to take a quick break on uh, News Talk WLOB. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May, but how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals and perennials at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. With new varieties still arriving, you're guaranteed to find great-looking plants without weeding through spring leftovers. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Whether you're visiting for the summer or enjoying a vacation at home, the last thing you want to do is waste precious time, especially in the garden. Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk makes decorating your home with beautiful plants quick and easy. They've got a great selection and great people here. I can always find what I need. It's just a wonderful place to shop. It's right down the road for me, too, so that makes it convenient. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. 
Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we are here with John Snell from Jaden Landscaping this morning. Uh, but if you have a question, don't hesitate to give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have Risa on the phone. Good morning. Good morning. Thank Is, you for taking my call. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. All Thank right. You. Great. So um, I uh, started my, new, uh, my um, first vegetable garden this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a really small patch, and I think I'm getting killed with slugs. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not quite sure. So something, <clears throat> well, I saw some slugs um, in, you know, the plants. Mm-hmm. I put the beer out. Um, I also heard about eggshells, okay. um, coffee grounds. Um, but um, I was kind of wondering if you had any other suggestions. Absolutely. A couple things that work extremely well. One is okay. a product called Sluggo. Okay, and we've talked about it time and time again here on the show. It's a great organic product for vegetable gardens. It really, really works well. You want to get it in underneath the plants. Um, And what that will do is that will help get them during the daylight hours when they're not really feeding. Okay, so it's kind of like a food source for them underneath there. So it will track them and will kill them. Now, most of your damage happens, you know, on rainy, cloudy days or, you know, which we've had, we haven't had any of those. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's been a little bit of struggle on the garden. But the other time is at night, okay, uh-huh. when the slugs and snails come up and they feed. So what I'm going to have you do is purchase some diatomaceous earth, okay? okay. It's a long name. But yeah. basically what it is is it's silica, okay? Uh-huh. And we just lightly mist down the plants in the evening, and then we dust this diatomaceous earth over the top of the plants. And the reason we water the plants is to get that foliage moist, is that way the silica sticks to the leaf. And so what happens is you put it all over the soil, and you put it all on top of the leaf, they've got no place to go. You've got the sluggo underneath, and you've got the silica all over the place on top. So what happens is they come out to feed, and it cuts the bottoms of the slugs and snails, and it kills them. It's a gross painful death <laughs> but at this point you're sick of them aren't you <laughs> yeah yeah, and, yeah and there's nothing yeah. worse to me than wasting beer on slugs well yes well, you know <laughs> we did one bottle of beer and i thought well and there weren't that many slugs in there and i thought well maybe these guys don't like beer yeah there you know. go there you uh, go but yeah. that's what i would recommend i think that you're okay. gonna now the one thing about diatomaceous earth is that you have to reapply it after every rain 
because it washes oh, okay. it washes away. So okay. you know this is a perfect, you know, beautiful little stretch we've got here. So yeah. pop in the garden center, grab some diatomaceous earth, and uh, get going. Okay. Now, what, slugs don't do they do anything to marigolds? Because my marigolds are also getting sort of they absolutely do. Chewed up. Yes. Oh, they do. Okay. They do. Yes. They all they right. will okay. make the leaves kind of all lacy. Uh, yeah. The other thing is there is also Asian beetle. Um, that can also do that, uh, and that comes out at night, okay? So important that you go out with a flashlight, you know, a few evenings, and look to see if there's another little beetle feeding on your marigolds. And uh, it only feeds at night when you're not out there. So, uh -huh. you know, that's why I say you got to go out at night and use the yeah. old uh, flashlight. Great. Okay. okay. Okay, well, thank you very much for your advice, and oh, I'll uh, definitely you know, thanks look for, for the calling. products. And <laughs> Don't hesitate to call again, okay? <laughs> Thank you. All right, Bye -bye. thanks. If you have a question for me or John Snell from Jaden Landscaping, give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. John, landscape projects come in all sizes. They they come in many different shapes and forms. Uh, have Tell me a little bit about some of the projects that you've been working on this year. Um, well, we always have our constant flow of uh hardscape projects mm -hmm. you know we do a lot of uh manufactured pavers um this year the the paver driveways have exploded mm -hmm. you know it's, it's always we do three or four a year pretty much it seems like um this year it's almost seems like every week we have one going mm -hmm. um there's no maintenance to them you know and that and that's the big thing and a lot of people are switching at least our customer base is switching from natural stone which we still do to switching to a lot of the manufactured pavers because there's just no maintenance. Mm -hmm. It's easy. You run a snowblower over them, run a plow over them. You know, the pavers that we typically use have a lifetime guarantee on them, so you can put as much salt or ice-melting product on them as you want, and they'll replace the material for free mm -hmm. if there's ever an issue. And and to this point, um, we haven't – we've had one issue, and they took care of it, and they even paid our labor because it was, uh, it was only four months later when there was a problem. Okay. So they even covered our labor for the homeowner, and the homeowner was ecstatic about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that's why I say, you know, the local companies are huge you right. know, to, to do that because it was not only us being a local company, but it was our supplier that was local. You know, the products come out of Pennsylvania and Canada that, that we typically use, which is Tackle Block. Um, but they stand behind it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's the local distributor that, that really is the one that's going to fight for you. So you're not going to be able to go to a, a big box store or somewhere like that and be able to get the same quality and have mm -hmm. that company stand behind you. You know, you have to send in for warranties and all this other stuff. If there is any, you know, this one, they called us up. We called our distributor. They called the sales rep. Four of us were there a week later, you know, yeah. when everyone's schedule could mix. And the decision was made right then and there. Right, right. So, so you know. quick results, you know, on a problem that was very evident, obviously. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit. I, you do a lot of ponds, too. We do. We do a lot of water features, um, and they're their own beast. I mean, if, <laughs> if anyone's gone to the, to the flower shows in the spring, then seeing the ponds and stuff we do, it, it just kind of touches on what we do. But they, uh, they're they very difficult, you know, and, and they're it, it's not something that, you know, I would ever encourage a homeowner to tackle themselves because you're going to chase it. You you could chase a water issue for months or years on end before you really before you really get it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we we ha we've had really good luck with them. I love doing them, and it's more of a passion for me than than anything else. And I try to make sure that um, the couple we've done this year, I haven't been able to be involved in because of my duties as the owner of the company. But mm -hmm. um, 
I'm hoping the the next ones that we get to do this year that I get to uh, I get to be involved. They're, they're so much fun and you get to be creative and there's no certain dimension, there's no certain size. You just you have to let the material you have really shape the pond and mm-hmm. the and the and the waterfalls and the streams and so. Tell me a little bit about how many employees you have. A little bit more information about the company. You know, um, you're based out of what Brunswick? Yeah, or? the Brunswick area. We yeah. have a we have our um, our accounting and design offices in Brunswick, mm-hmm. and then our shop is in Durham. So okay. you know, everyone thinks Durham's another country, but it's uh, it's <laughs> it's you know we're only five or six miles from Freeport. You right. know, we're a couple miles from Brunswick, and you know we have twenty. I think we're up to right around twenty trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've got, last time I looked on payroll, we have between 25 and 30 employees, you know, and that's our maintenance, our install, that's everything. Yep, and I'm sure you are able to move crews around so that, you know, if the planting side's a little busier, you can move some people off of maintenance and vice versa and kind of mold, uh, you know, things appropriately so you can fit in those projects like we were talking about. Oh, definitely. We have, you know... We can pretty much send anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have our crews that just pretty much do maintenance, and they, they're the ones that sit on the mowers and the trimmers and stuff like that. But if we need to, if we're behind and it's the 4th of July and we need to dispatch another crew, we can take three guys off one of the hardscaping crews and send them to go help us get caught up mowing. Um, you know, spring cleanups, fall cleanups, things like that. You always need all hands on deck no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But as far as, you know, water features, commercial jobs, hardscaping jobs, we just, you know, if we need to take – and usually, you know, say there's a crew of four, if we only need two on a job one day, um, then we'll take two and put them on a bigger job to try to get that one moving along a little bit quicker. Talk to me about how the quoting process, how you usually work that, because, you know, every contractor kind of does it a little bit different. And, you know, do you like to do a consult with the customer to kind of give them ideas of how you would kind of kind of look at the project? You know, because sometimes a lot of customers have preconceived ideas and it's not necessarily what really should happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, when we go out and someone say, can you come out and give us an estimate? We do do free estimates. To me, I look at it as more of a consult. Mm-hmm. And there's been times when the customer thinks that they want a 40 by 40 patio, and they walk away with like an 18 by 18 patio, some seat walls, you know, a fire pit. And it's really more what they wanted, but they didn't realize the size or the scope of what they were looking for. And once you kind of measure it out, you paint it out on the lawn, and they're like, holy smokes. Yeah. You know, and sometimes budget does, does dictate that a little bit too, just shrinking it down. You know, but really, you know, you need to – I always – go in asking a whole bunch of questions to the to the customer that that or our hopefully potential customer mm-hmm. in that in that initial meeting and try to really pull out of them what they're looking for because a lot of times you know you've got a husband or one person in the relationship that wants a and you've got the <laughs> other person involved wanting b and it's also very important that you have all decision makers there because you know it's you know that way everybody understands what's being right. said you know and and you look and you a lot of times my job is I have to kind of meld those two decisions or those two ideas and put them into one so that everybody's happy. Yeah, I I always tell customers in the yard when, you know, they're trying to decide uh, on which plant, and a lot of times it's between partners, and, you know, I just tell them it really expensive for therapy you know and that i don't get paid for that so i'm just gonna step away and let you guys decide what you need to do and <laughs> you know and and that's just it and sometimes it's just difference in vision but they're saying the same thing well and, and that's you just made a great point too you know with people in the yard looking at plants and trying to figure out what they're doing and i think that 
you can you probably remember, especially in the springs, all mm. the phone calls every morning saying, "Tom, I'm coming in with yeah. with a couple of customers. You know, we need to look at some plants. Get your eyes and your hands on things, right. whether it be the stone that your that, that your contractor's talking about, or it be the plants. Right. You know, the internet's great to look at stuff, but I'll tell you what, colors are not the same on a monitor. No. You know, or in a catalog. You know, we we have catalogs and stuff, and we have pictures of work we've done, and that's great. But you know, my printer does not print out real life. You know, I mean, yeah. we have a good printer, but even the catalogs and some of the catalogs we have are the best catalogs I've seen from our distributors, you know, but it's not real life, you know, and, and we'll point people towards the internet to find different colors and stuff and just to get an idea. But I'll tell you, when you take them in real life and they can touch and feel it, you know, whether it be stonework or plants, I mean, and, and then it's going to trigger other questions too. And they might walk by a plant. I mean, how many times has happened to us this spring? They walk by a plant, you know, and, and, and we're trying to, you know, show them and this, and they walk by plant. Oh, I want that. Yeah. You know, well, now we have to reshape a flower bed, which is fine. Right. You know, but to make something work and to get enough sun or get enough shade or, or whatever. and But it makes a project. Right. You know, where people just absolutely love it. And, right. and at the end of it, you know, and that's what we need. We need them to be 100% satisfied and to get the referrals. Right. We are here with John Snell from Jaden Landscaping. If you have a question... Call us at 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the joy of gardening on News Talk WLOB. may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. 
It is another Saturday morning. I'm Tom Estbrook, your host, and uh, we are live here on News Talk WLOB 1310 AM, streaming live from WLOBradio.com. You can pick up our podcast at estbrooksonline.com or give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We are here with John Snell. We've been talking all morning here uh, about landscape projects, and, you know, we kind of hit just before we went to the break on on a real kind of theme i think is that work with your contractor work with those local suppliers and then come to the garden center with your contractor and look at plants i mean once you have a design once you have kind of bed shaped you know we can make changes on the fly very easily you know but we have to have the client with us well that's the thing you know when when we show up we'll show up with a with a drawing and stuff and I tell everybody, circles and squares and different, you know, figures look great on paper, but it's not real life. Right. You know, I mean, you need to get out there and touch and feel it. And, you know, I mean, we walk in with a customer, you know, we talk to the people at the garden center, we have the plan, they have to touch and feel and look and actually see, you know, it, it it's not an opinion anymore of the contractor. You know, it's fat because they see the cut sheets right on the plants and they see how big they're going to be get, mm-hmm. see how much sun, they see how much water. You know, you can talk to them a little bit about pruning, and you're actually touching the feel in the plant. You're not just looking at a circle or a square or a triangle on a drawing. You're not looking at something on the Internet. You know, right. And those are all good places to start. I mean, you need a starting point. Absolutely. But to me, and, you know, my ending point is in the garden center. Mm-hmm. And that's where we make all the decisions. And things change, and, you know, it's going to affect the, it's going to affect the budget probably. Right. You know, it may not. You might add a few more. You might not. You, you might change a plant that may add a couple hundred dollars. It may save you a couple hundred dollars. Right. But that's the big thing is if you get there and know what you're getting. That's, right. That, that's my, I guess, my biggest piece of advice is don't just settle by what someone puts on paper. Go and look. Touch the stone. Feel the stone. Touch the plants. You know, make sure that you've got a good handle on what you're getting that you know what you're getting so you don't come home and say oh so that's what a hanoki is right <laughs> you know i don't right. like that <laughs> right and 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 you know a great point you know when you come into the garden center you're touching and you're feeling all these plants you're seeing them for the first time in real life We'll walk around with your contractor, like yourself. You've brought in multiple clients. We walk around. We talk about the different plants. And then there's always those tough spots that, well, we've got this problem spot. What do we do? And that's what we do at the garden center. We deal with tough spots every day, all day. Um, You know, what are the options to fit this spot, to fit this size? What is the plant that has this big blue flower on it, you know? We can help the contractor kind of mold and pull things together so you have a really well-balanced landscape. Exactly. And and for your contractor to be an expert in all areas, he needs a support team. Mm -hmm. And that support team is his suppliers, you know, and that's the Estabrooks of the world. That's your independent garden centers of the world Mm -hmm. that are going to sit there and, you know, when you walk in with a customer, they're going to give you – it doesn't matter if they were leaving in five minutes to go to lunch break or not. Right. You know, they don't have a manager watching the clock. It's They're going to give you 100% attention, and they're going to make sure that you get what you want. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how many um, Nishiki Willows, <laughs> because they looked absolutely stunning in, in Estabrook's, in the Yarmouth yard this year. I don't know right. how many of those I've put in, because every time we walk in, they're like, we want that. 
Right. We don't know what it is, but whatever it is, if it works, find it. it find a spot for it in our design. And, folks, if you're not familiar with Nishiku, Nishiki willow or dappled willow, it's that wonderful plant that has white and pink uh, new growth all over it right now. Um, it's a great wet-loving plant. Uh, will go in a drier soil but needs extra moisture. If you've got a wet spot, it's a great plant. Easy. You can prune it back any time of year. So it's very versatile. It's become extremely popular, you know, going on a lot of landscape jobs just because it gives you color at a bunch of different times. And that's what people generally are looking for in the long run. It does, and it gives you, uh, you know, different colors mm-hmm. you know you've got the green of the old growth the white and the pink of the new growth and like you said you can trim it anytime and i honestly cannot think of a job site that we haven't put one on this year because whenever someone walks into the yard that's they have to have that one yeah you know yep. and, and it really is it it's just a breathtaking with that new growth color it's just a breathtaking plant mm. that really sets itself aside and you put it in between some evergreens and stuff and you know, so on and so forth, it really sticks out. Yeah, I think the big thing, like when, when John comes into the yard and brings a client, and many other of our contractors do the same thing, you walk the yard and you look at some of these plants, and, you know, a customer will look at it or and go, oh, i got to have some of these. Okay, well, what can we sub on the plan? What can we change to make it fit? Right, right. And that, right. that's the great part about, like you said, the X's and O's on a plan can change. And we've changed just a whole heck of a lot of plans that you've brought in oh, yeah. over the over the years. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, I mean, just um, the end of May, I brought, you know, brought two uh, rather large planting plans in, and we ended up spending three hours in the uh, conference room at Estherbrooks, mm-hmm. you know, change, I mean, we completely changed everything. Right. You know, the, the plan was not didn't even resemble what it was when what we had talked to the customer what they thought they wanted they started looking and all of a sudden it just went yeah you know what i don't want roadies anymore you know i don't want the the spruce or this or that and they really went with some really nice specimen plants right that um just made the landscape look amazing sometimes folks what happens is when you and your contractor come to the yard a lot of times we're looking for feedback from you on what the plant choices you actually want not what's on the design. So what happens a lot of times, John and I will go through a plan and we'll say, okay, this is the the game plan. We've got this meeting. And then the customer likes a whole bunch of other things. And what happens? After you leave, John and I sit down and we rework the design so it works appropriately for you. And that is a, a result of you walking in the yard and touching and feeling plants because John can't put every variety on a design. It's impossible. There are too many choices. A garden center is a candy store. When you come in, it's tough to resist some of the little nuggets and the little M&Ms and the gumdrops because there are so many choices and flavors. And it's overwhelming if you can't dial in. And when you do your research online, that is a starting point. It doesn't mean the end-all, be-all. And and when you're doing research online, you're going after um, familiar plants Mm -hmm. that – you know, everybody knows, you know, and, and if you want a cookie cut a landscape, that's great. But, you know, the nice thing about being able to walk through the garden centers is you can have a customized landscape, you know, that's completely different. It's not like every other house that just went in and got the roadies and the ewes and the arborvitaes. You know, you can really do some neat stuff. Right. We have a question on the line. It is Tom, and he's got a question for you, John. You're on the hot seat. John, uh, Tom, how are you? 
Great. Uh, John, is this John? Yes. Well, this is Tom. Uh, John, my name is Tom. I'm in Freedom, New Hampshire. Hey, Tom. Um, how are you? Great, great. Beautiful day out there today. It is. Um, <clears throat> I have a lawn. Uh, no lawn. <laughs> I have a slope, uh, about an eight-degree eight slope on the side of the house, and uh, a lot of uh, runoff uh, carrying... Um, it's a, the lawn is can't be laid because of the uh, sandy soil and there's a lot of gravel, small gravel. And I was wondering how should I, how can I prepare that to take a lawn, uh, and how much soil would I need um, to get that stuff going? Yeah, that that's that's a great question. That's a tough slope, um, really. What, what you'd have to do is, I'm not sure how big the area is or what some of the surroundings are, but just from hearing what you're saying is you have a couple different options. The quickest option is laying sod. You know, it, it, yeah. you know that, that's really probably your best bet. Um, you're going to want to put some good composted topsoil down. Um, you got gravelly, sandy stuff. I'd probably try to get more of a clay, you know, a topsoil that's got some clay mixed in to keep some moisture on the roots. Um, you know, with sod, you don't want a ton of drainage underneath. Uh, you really want to try to get um, some moisture on those roots. But, you know, the other thing is maybe to look at it and do some different terrace walls to try to, uh -huh. um, to, to try to, you know, maybe take some of that slope away. You know, and you could, sure. you could mix in some landscape plantings with that to soften the walls so mm -hmm. you're not looking at a bunch of, whether it be boulders or fieldstone walls or manufactured wall. Um, the, you know, if you're just going to do sod, you're probably going to want to consider some sort of irrigation because you're going to be fighting to water that. Mm. You know, sod needs a ton of water, you know, for the first year. Um, and then, you you know, it, it's all – typically the sod around here is all bluegrass. Right. So uh -huh. it, it does take a little more, you know, it, it likes a little more water. You know, you're going to want to um, do some sort of a, a treatment program to keep it looking like a carpet. But uh, it does give you instant lawn. Yeah, yeah, that, that okay. would that would take care of your your wash away factor. You know, the water's going to be a huge, huge thing, Tom. Uh, you know, bluegrass sod. You know, it's the most fertilizer you know dependent and the most water dependent. Uh, you know, so needed. So John had some great ideas by terracing, adding some other plants. But I think with with the slope you have that that you're going to need to use that otherwise it's going to wash away you know you get one rainstorm and that's it it's gone again um so good good question okay great thank you very much all right Appreciate thanks it. for the call um great great question i mean we see slope issues and site issues all the time uh when we come back we're going to kind of finish up on that topic uh we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more from the joys of joy of garden on news talk wlob Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May. 
But how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals and perennials at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. With new varieties still arriving, you're guaranteed to find great-looking plants without weeding through spring leftovers. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Whether you're visiting for the summer or enjoying a vacation at home, the last thing you want to do is waste precious time, especially in the garden. Esther Brooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk makes decorating your home with beautiful plants quick and easy. They've got a great selection and great people here. I can always find what I need. It's just a wonderful place to shop. It's right down the road for me, too, so that makes it convenient. To learn more, visit EstherBrooksOnline.com. Esther Brooks for the joy of gardening. Back to the joy of gardening. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. And man, how two hours goes by when you got a great guest like John Snell from Jaden Landscaping. If you have a question for myself or John, give us a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have time for probably one more question if uh, you get in there quick. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the time here on a beautiful Saturday. I hope you get out there and enjoy your garden. Um, John let's kind of let's kind of continue on that on that topic that we kind of ended on which i don't even remember what it was it's been such a great day uh you know contractors are everywhere what should people ask about like insurance and yeah. references and and you know to me that's important you know because insurance if you're having somebody come work on your property i mean that's really important yeah, for for me, you know, when I have someone do work on our house, it's more. Uh, I I don't care so much about the references. Mm -hmm. You know, um, anybody can come up with three or four names to give you a great reference. That's that doesn't that's not a big factor to me. I want to see an insurance certificate, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that you know, if it's not unless it's the guy one man one person doing the job themselves, I better be able to see uh, workers' comp on that insurance certificate somewhere mm -hmm. um because if someone gets hurt on your property and there's no workers comp you're liable so that's that's the biggest thing to me is i want to see workers comp on that on that policy um i want to see that their vehicles are covered and just it's an insurance binder it's easy it, you're not asking them to be bonded mm -hmm. not every contractor can get bonded right um we happen to be able to that's that's great we, we do some big commercial jobs we have to get bonded right that's not an easy thing to be able to do you know it and basically being bonded says that you're that uh, an insurance company is backing you, saying you're financially stable, mm -hmm. and that you know you can if you don't complete the job, that this insurance will will pay for that. Right. So, but you know, so the bonded question to me is is a waste of a homeowner's time. Um, you need to make sure they have insurance, and you need to feel comfortable with them. Right. First and foremost, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at somebody, um, you know, when we had to have our kitchen redone due to a food allergy that I developed. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be there all the time. I wanted the contractor that was doing it. I had to be comfortable because he's home with my wife. He's going to be there with my wife and kids. Right. You know, so I, to me, it's, it's, you know, the budget always plays a factor into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you should ever choose the cheap one. Um, 
well, I take that back. You know, you, you don't want to always go for the cheap one. You've got to be comfortable. Right. You really have to be comfortable with that contractor. And you've got to know that at the end of the day that they're going to give you 100% of what you asked for and a little bit more. And if there's a problem, that they're going to go back. You know, when you call up and say, hey, I've got this or that, you've got to understand it's not going to happen that day. Right. They're going to fit you in, and they're going to go back and take care of it. It may be two or three weeks after you alert them of the problem, but, you you know, you've got to be able to work with them because they've also made commitments, and they didn't know that this little issue was going to come up. So you got to let your contractor fulfill their commitments and then come in and take care and also take care of you as quick as they possibly can. Yeah, just like, you know, if you are scheduled, you don't want somebody to take your spot. Right, you right. Know, uh, you know, and, and then your project doesn't happen on time. Um, you know, like we had talked earlier, you know, a good contractor is going to be scheduled out. And they all you always kind of leave those little gaps for those little problems that arise. And it's the same thing with our delivery schedule or right. any other, you know, uh, wholesale or, or retail. You know, you can't come in and buy something and expect it that day. Right. It's, you know, I mean, unless you're going to do the extra work to get it home and and do all of that and you know by hiring a qualified contractor you get to go do what you want to do go play golf go enjoy the pool or beach you know and do all of those things and you shouldn't have any worries that your project is going to be completed properly that's right you know and, and the other thing that i would just tell people is that you know a big question for us and i know we got to wrap up here pretty quick but a big question for us is that um, how long is it going to take to do the project? Right. You know, and my answer is, well, it should be this. However, <laughs> say say I say it's five days. If it takes ten days, the biggest thing to me is it's done right. Right. You know, so so I think I think that that's something that you know use that as a guideline. If a contractor tells you that it's going to be five days, use that as a guideline, and 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 really you know give him the slack as long as they're there putting the effort in, give them the slack to. Give them the time they need to do it. And make sure it's done right. Because right. you really want to spend five, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and have a customer rush it. You know, you wouldn't want to rush a mechanic putting your engine back together. Right. You know, I mean, you want this done right, and so it's last. So if you try to rush your contractor, if they told you five days and it takes eight days, great. Yeah. You know what? They gave you a price that's not cost you any more money. <laughs> okay. Last thing we're going to talk about. Yep. This is always a classic scenario. You get on a project, and a customer adds and adds and adds. Great for the job usually, but have a conversation with your contractor up front and really be up front with everything you think you might need. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Because what that's going to do is, one, you know, when you add and add and add, it, it expands the budget. Right. And if we know ahead of time, sometimes when you add stuff, we have to do things twice. Right. So if we know things ahead of time, then, you know, we maybe I'll save you a little bit of money, not do things twice and, and have to rework things. Right. Um, you know, and, and, but also, you know, your contractor, as a contractor, I'm, we need to communicate with our other customers saying, look, Project A added a bunch of stuff on. Our equipment's there. I'm not going to pull it away. Right. You know, we're going we're gonna to stay there. And, uh, you know, this other crew's finishing up a job in three days, so we're going to be three or four days later than we thought. Right. Right. You know, so. And, and you know, last, the thing that always I think also people don't understand is if the project's planned out, you can buy all the materials efficiently. You can mm -hmm. buy all of the everything for the job. You can run efficiently, and when you start adding things on, it throws the whole schedule apart. John, I'd like to thank you for uh, coming on the show. We'd love to have you on again. It was a great insight into what, what goes on in, in the landscape industry, and uh, John's a big supporter of the Maine Landscape and Nursery Association, and... Uh, 
you know, independent garden centers and contractors here in, in uh, Maine and suppliers. So thanks, John, for ha- having us on. Not later. a problem. I uh, had a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. All right. Sounds good. Well, we're wrapping up the show. It's uh, the end of two hours. Where does the time go? It's Clam Festival week, folks. Okay, the tents are going up. Uh, the friolators are getting warm. Uh, stop by the Yarmouth store this week. Uh, it's going to be a great week. If you get a chance to visit Yarmouth, um, you know, the Garden Center looks amazing right now. We have a tremendous amount of perennials. Buy one, get one free. They absolutely look stunning. Baskets and patio pots, still $20. Uh, you know, so a lot of great color. If you need to decorate for a, a summer gathering or whatnot, now's the time to do it the stuff is just amazing but i want to wrap up it's a beautiful saturday uh the weekend looks amazing get out there and enjoy your garden and uh, maybe have a little bit of fun also um but i want to congratulate alan we didn't hear from alan today i'll be in touch alan uh he is the winner of a hundred dollar gift certificate and remember next week our time changes. We're going to be from 7 to 9 uh, from now on. So a little bit later, uh, get out of bed. Have that cup of coffee before 7. You can give us a call. And uh, that's been in response to a little bit of change, uh, you know, and some feedback from all of you folks. I'd like to thank you for another great week. And uh, we're going to enjoy the Clam Festival next weekend. And enjoy your garden. Get out there. Pull some weeds, like I said. And uh, maybe stop in the garden center, pick up a couple few perennials, fill in some of those holes, and get out there and enjoy your garden. WLOB Portland and WLOBradio.com.